Oh God, every good gift does come from You. In a day in which we celebrate the giver of all that is good, we acknowledge that reality. You've given Holy Scripture. It has a word for the third millennium. We must hear today's teaching in particular. Make certain we hear it, Holy Father. And may the Spirit of the living Christ call us to hope and courage and boldness in Him. We pray in His name. Amen. I will never forget that day, nor the message she gave me on that day, as long as I live. I'm standing right there, the exit of the church, greeting the worshipers after the second celebration. When she came through line, Fernanda Diaz, short, little Hispanic woman and widow, moved to Berrien Springs to be near her daughter and family. After we moved to this parish, I had come to know Fernanda and actually come to love her, a woman of great warmth and faith. But I need to tell you, Fernanda grew up on one of the Caribbean islands. She grew up as a well-known practitioner of the dark arts of the voodoo religion. You know voodoo, don't you? Incantations and spirits and sacrifices. Voodoo. And then somewhere along the way, she meets, get this, she meets Jesus Christ and finds a Savior. She later wrote it up in a book. I cannot remember the title of the book. She gave the book to me to read. I read it. Fascinating story. So this is little Fernanda Diaz, who at the end of a service like this is coming through that door, and she hands me a note. I take the note and I stuff it in my pocket and continue to greet the worshipers. Sometime later that day, I open the note, and here is what she wrote. Pastor, while you were preaching today, I looked up, and saw an angel standing at your side just behind you. I don't remember if she wrote another word. You can understand my heart skipped into acceleration as I'm thinking, wait a minute, time out. Here's a woman who has lived crossing the veil between the seen and unseen. She did it professionally for years. Apparently, could it be her acuity still sensitive? She looks up onto the platform of the Pioneer Memorial Church And standing right here, she sees an angel. I will never forget that woman or that message as long as I live. Primer on Angels, part two. Guardians of Earth, today's teaching. Do we all have guardian angels? Why would we have them? Have we seen them? Would we know? Fascinating teaching, and I want you to plunge into it with me right now. Please, pull out the Bible in the pew. If you didn't bring a Bible, you've got to track this. Three key pieces woven together to tell the compelling Bible teaching. Grab your Bible. Go to the middle book of the Bible. That would be the Psalms. It's beginning with a a well-known verse. If you've grown up in a community of faith like this one, then you, like me, you had to memorize this verse when you were a child. Psalm 34. Find it, please. Psalm 34. In the Pew Bible, that will be the New King James Version. You will find it on page 380. So just turn to page 380. You'll find the text that we're going to note here. I'm in the New International Version today. Psalm 34. 
Familiar line, pick it up in verse 7. Just one line, verse 7. Put it on the screen as well. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear Him, and He delivers them. I remember growing up with this text. It was King James. King James all the way in those days. And I remember having to learn, memorize that text. The angel of the Lord encampus. What a huge word for a little kid to have to memorize. Encampeth, round about them that fear Him and delivereth them. My parents would take me to that line over and over and they say, Hey boy, I want you to know on the basis of this line that Jesus has sent His angel. He is with you night and day. So you need fear nothing in this life. I don't fault my parents for that at all. You know what? I thank them. Look, I could have grown up with some comic book superhero as an imaginary friend. I didn't grow up with one of those. How does it read here? The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear Him and He delivers them. A very simple text with a profound suggestion. Wouldn't you agree that the God of the universe has assigned one of His celestial creatures at headquarters? Celestial guardians for every earth child. The angel of the Lord encamps. The Hebrew means He bends over. Bends over. What is this? Just a little vestige of dusty Old Testament mythology? Not on your life. Let me put one more piece with this. I want to go to the King of Angels. If anybody would know the truth about angels, it would have to be the King of Angels, the Lord Jesus Himself. Take a look at this fascinating line that came from the Master's lips. Go to the Gospel of St. Matthew. St. Matthew chapter 18. Got a red letter Bible. These words are bright red. Matthew chapter 18 would be page 662 in the Pew Bible. What does Jesus say? If anybody would know the truth about angels, Jesus would have a word for us. What is it, Master, you would teach us about angels? Matthew chapter 18, verse 4. Therefore, Jesus speaking to the group gathered around Him. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child, because He's just pulled a little girl, a little boy. We don't know what the gender is. He's pulled this little child. He has His, his strong carpenter arms around that child. He's holding the child to his, to his chest. He says, hey, hey, look, look, look. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. I want to tell you something. Drop down to verse 10. He goes on. I want you to make sure you get this. See that you do not look down on one of these little ones. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. Isn't that amazing? A pronouncement from the King of Angels Himself. These little ones. And by the way, that can be little in years or little in faith. It really doesn't matter. Every little one has been assigned by my Father in heaven, an angel that gazes on His face, to guard that little life. See that you do not forget, Jesus says. Oh, well, yeah, Dwight, he's just talking about these, about the saved kids. Oh, he's not talking just about the saved kids. How do you know? I know because of his very next words in verse 12. Jesus goes on, what do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And, verse 13, if he finds that lost sheep, I tell you the truth, he's happier about that one sheep than about the ninety-nine that didn't wander off. Here comes the punchline, verse 14. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. Jesus' words are crystal clear. The angels are on a divine mission to find lost children and to keep saved children. 
two passages of Scripture. One compelling truth. Here it is. Whether you can see Him or not. Whether you can see Him or not. You and I, when we made our entry into life on this planet, the command went forth from the throne room of the universe. Send my trusted guardian to that baby that breathes now and accompany that child through all his life. 24-7, unseen supernatural companion to protect and guide us through to salvation. That's the truth. In fact, that truth is so significant. I wish you'd take your study guide out, will you, right now? Get into your, open up your worship bulletin. There's a study guide tucked away inside that cover. Grab the study guide, please. You didn't get a study guide? Hold your hand up. Here come our friendly ushers. You're going to want this study guide. This is a fascinating teaching. You're going to pass this on to other people. Trust me. You're going to want this study guide. Hold your hand up. Up in the balcony as well. If there are any sitting in the overflow, make sure that you get the study guide. Oh, by the way, those of you who are watching on television, we're delighted to have you. You can have the same study guide. Let me put it on the screen for you. You can get our website, and that will have the study guide. You see it now on your screen. Our website is www.pmchurch.tv. You're looking for that website, and you're looking for the series Primer on Angels. This is a little, this is a little four-parter to wrap up the school year here at Andrews University. I have never in my life preached one sermon on angels, let alone four of them. But here we are, plunged already into part two, Primer on Angels, part two. And by the way, if you missed part one, you've got to go to that website, the podcast, the videocast. It's all there waiting for you right now. This is part two, Guardians of Earth. You click onto the word study guide. When you see Guardians of Earth, you'll have the study guide. Okay, let's go. Everybody have it? Let's go. Fill out that first sentence. This is the summation of the Bible teaching. Since the day of our birth, all of us as human beings... Don't miss part one that set up this. All of us as human beings have been under the 24-7 guardianship of supernatural beings assigned by God to protect us and guide us through this life all the way through to salvation. That's the goal. Get us saved. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear Him. And He, the angel, delivers them, you and me. How did Jesus put it right here in Matthew 18? Look, don't you forget. Don't you look down on these little ones. I tell you, their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. You ever seen your angel? I haven't either. Now listen, the web's... You you, you Google guardian angels on the web. This picture probably hangs in more Sunday schools and Sabbath schools around the world than any other angel picture. Remember seeing this picture as a kid growing up? There it is. There she is. The angel behind these two children. They're crossing a rickety plank over this thundering cataract and the angel is protecting them. That's not a real strong representation of an angel. And so if you are like me and you prefer something a little more excelling in strength version, here's the one that we're using on the cover of the bulletin. That's the one that appears on campus in our marketing, and you're seeing it on the screen. There's, look, look, guardian angel. Isn't that something? Whether you see them or not, 24-7, guardian angels to protect us and guide us through to salvation. But I've got to tell you, there is a third piece here third passage that dramatically raises the stakes for this teaching about guardian angels. You know why we can know this verse is so critical? Listen carefully. Because the devil himself has memorized this verse. He can quote it without looking down. 
That's why this verse is critical. And if he's memorized it, by the way, that could be a clue for you and me. Go to that third piece. Back to the book of Psalms. You've got to see this right in your Bible. We'll put it on the screen, but don't read it off the screen. Read it in your Bible. The Great Protection Psalm. Psalm 91. My mother, boy, every Friday night as the Sabbath began, she had us memorizing Scripture. God bless her. And Psalm 91. She wanted us to memorize as kids. Just memorize Psalm 91. We memorized it in the old King James. I want to pick it up right in the middle of the psalm. Psalm 91, verse 9. This is incredible. Psalm 91, verse 9. If you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge. So that's the psalmist saying. The psalmist is speaking. Hey, by the way, He's my refuge. If you will make the Most High your refuge as well. Then, verse 10. No harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent. Verse 11. Here it goes. For He will command His angels concerning you. To guard you. There's that word. To guard you in all your ways. Verse 12. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Guardian angels. To guard you in all your ways. So what's this protection that guardian angels provide? Uh, let me run some familiar Bible stories by you just because it's been a while since you've recalled these stories. You remember the story about Daniel and the lion's den? Come on, who doesn't know the story about Daniel? Huh? Daniel, who, out of envy, his political peers have entrapped him through his faithful three times a day prayer ritual, forcing the king to command Daniel's execution, which today will be death by lion consumption. You remember how early the next morning King Darius races to that lion's den. Is his favorite politician still alive? And remember the words. I think we had to memorize these words as well. Coming up out of the echo chamber of the lion's den. Here they go. Daniel chapter 6. Put it on the screen. The words of Daniel. Daniel answered, O king, live forever, ever, ever. My God sent his angel. Now, this is one we had to memorize. My God sent His angel and He shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in His sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, O King. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear Him and He delivers them. I tell you what, jot this down, will you? Daniel chapter 6, verses 21 and 22. If you have a study guide that says 21 and 11, you change that 11 to 22. What kind of protection are we talking about? Write it down. Physical protection. That's what the angels provide. Physical protection. You think about it. All of the near misses that you have survived in your lifetime. Do you understand this? None of us, hold it, none of us would be here today were it not for physical protection. Trust me, none of us would be here. So what kind of protection do these angels provide? Here's another Bible story. This one not quite as familiar for children, but you remember the story about Elijah, Mount Carmel, fire, poof, slaying the priests of Baal? You remember that night he races with Ahab through the rain, leading the chariot. Elijah, Elijah has come to a moment of emotional burn down. Just crashes and burns. And when a dripping messenger finds him outside the city gates that, that in the midnight... I have a message from the wicked Queen Jezebel. When he announces, the Queen has said, So help me by the gods if you are not dead tomorrow, just like my priests. Elijah breaks. 
and he starts running. He just starts running. He doesn't know where he's running. He just starts running. We'll pick it up right there. This is 1 Kings chapter 19. Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. And when he came to Beersheba and Judah, he left his servant there. But while he himself went a day's journey into the desert, he came to a broom tree, a juniper tree, and he sat down under it and he prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Trust me. Then he lay down under the tree and he fell asleep. All at once, here it comes. Somebody's been tracking him. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around. And there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then he lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank and strengthened by that food. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb. That would be Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. Can you believe it? What kind of protection are we talking about here? Jot it down. 1 Kings 19, 3-8. The angels provide emotional protection. This man is in the grip of depression. Some of you know what it's like to be in the grip of depression. Stressed to the max. You feel right now as if your life is unraveling and that it's all over. Some of you are even praying the prayer of Elijah. God, just kill me. Let me die. I can't face this anymore. I'm telling you, my friend, you have an unseen companion who is not going to answer your prayer because the, the dream of God still goes for your life. Hang on. So they provide physical protection. They, they provide emotional protection. And then this is that great story of Paul, St. Paul, on the churning waters of the stormy Mediterranean. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we, that would be Dr. Luke who wrote Acts, traveling with Paul, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. After the men had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before the... And the boat is just heaving. He stood up before them and he said, Man... I love Paul because he's so human. I told you so. He says, you should have taken my advice. Even, even good people resort to that. You should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But hey, now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Hey, Paul, prisoner, what do you know about life? Ah, last night, Paul goes on, an angel of, angel of the God whose I am and whom I serve stood beside me. And he said to me, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So, gentlemen, keep up your courage, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Physical protection, emotional protection. Jot this down, will you? It's also the personal protection. My God... My angel. Some of you are going through a personal crisis right now. It might be a personal financial crisis. It might be a personal marital crisis. It might be just a, just a, a huge storm that is engulfing your little skiff and it feels like you're going down. You got an angel, just like Paul had, who's beside you right now. Don't jump off the ship. Stay on board. An angel has personal protection for you. I tell you what, your guardian angel is the best news going today for physical, emotional, and personal protection. But there is a fourth and final category. Strategic. Essential in our survival. And it is that category, number four, that the devil intentionally seeks to hide from Jesus and so he omits 
He pulls a line out of what we just read in Psalm 91. He hides the line when he quotes it to Jesus. You know why? Because the devil never wants Jesus, didn't want Jesus, doesn't want you, doesn't want me to ever be reminded about the fourth category of guardianship that our guardian angels provide. You've got to go to that showdown moment. Wow. This is where we need a Martin Doblemeyer documentary. This would, be a, this would be a great... Uh, we call it the showdown in the desert. This would be a powerful depiction. This is the king of angels. This is the prince, the fallen prince of angels. And they meet again on the hot desert sands of the wilderness temptation. You've got to see this for yourself. Watch how he misquotes. Watch what he does. He leaves the line out. Uh, the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 4. Find Matthew 4. You know the story well, but you need to see how he does that surgical excision, not wanting Jesus to be reminded that there is spiritual protection. Matthew chapter 4. Turning there with you. All right. Matthew 4. Let's go. Pick up verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit. This is right after his baptism. You know the story. Led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Verse 2. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter always comes to you when you're low, at, your, at, at your lowest ebb. The tempter now shows up. When you're worn out, my friend, you are a sitting duck for the tempter. No, serious. And so the tempter came to him and said, Hey, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And what, what, what do you mean, if you are the King of Angels? Come on, Lucifer, you know who this is. You would not be in this desert showdown if you were not certain who this is. You know that the incarnated God who staggers in emaciated hunger before you, is none other than your previous commander and king of angels. When you were the prince of angels, this was the one you bowed to as your commander. If you are. Oh, they've met before. Face to face. King of angels. Prince of angels. They met. Far, far away. Long ago, another galaxy, another time. Let me, let me just remind you from the Apocalypse, Revelation chapter 12. Oh, they met. Here's that meeting. And there was war in heaven, Revelation 12, 7. Michael, the king of angels, by the way, that's Michael. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he, the dragon, was not strong enough and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. And so at last, after, after centuries, they meet again face to face. This Christ, who was Michael, the king of angels. By the way, let me just insert this, uh, this, this observation. The great Protestant scholar, Philip Melanchthon, Lutheran scholar, and a long line of scholars since have concluded that Michael is none other than the apocalyptic name for the pre-incarnate Christ. And I agree with those scholars. All right? So, you have Christ, who was Michael, the king of angels, and this Satan, who was once Lucifer, the prince of angels, and they meet now on the hot sands of this mortal showdown. And now comes the subterfuge. Watch this. Uh, verse verse 5. Then the devil took Jesus 
to the holy city. And he had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. Now, he's going to quote Psalm 91. We just read it a moment ago. Watch the line he leaves out. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. And they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Whoa, 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 time out, Satan. Hold it. What are you doing here? You're quoting Scripture. But you intentionally just left out the line. When you said He will command His angels, you left out the line about to guard you in all your ways. We're up to you. We know what you're doing. You do not want Jesus in His human form. You don't want Him to be reminded that He has spiritual protection at the prayer of His lip. You don't want Him to have that protection. And so you cut it out. Denude the promise. Hoping He didn't catch it. Why would the devil not want Jesus? Why would the devil not want you? Why would the devil not want me to know the divine truth about our guardian angels? I'll tell you why. Jot it down, will you please? Because if we remembered their spirit presence, we would solicit their spiritual power. I must remind you, ladies and gentlemen, when your guardian angel steps into the fray, not even all the demons of hell can prevail. Stop! Stop! That's how it works. The apocalyptic classic, Great Controversy. Boy, this is insightful. It's in your study guide. Fill it in, please. A guardian angel is appointed to every follower of Christ. These heavenly watchers shield the righteous from the power of the wicked one. God's people exposed to the deception of power and unsleeping malice of the prince of darkness and in conflict with all the forces of evil, are assured of the unceasing... Oh, would you write that in? What a word. Unceasing. Today we'd say 24-7. God's people are assured of the unceasing guardianship of heavenly angels. Those who follow Christ are ever safe. Would you write that down? Ever safe. Under His watch care. Angels that excel in strength are sent from heaven to protect them. The wicked one cannot break through the guard. Write that down. They can't, he cannot break through the guard which God has stationed about His people. End quote. No wonder Satan intentionally misquotes the great guardian angel promise of God. Just leaves the line out. You know why? You know why, don't you? Because he knows that the hot desert sands where he is standing face to face with the king of angels, he knows that chariots of fire are ringing this showdown. He knows that the forces of heaven are watching one misstep on Lucifer's part. Just one. And it's over. He knows. And Jesus knows. And that is the secret of Jesus' victory. He knows. Help. He's right there. You say, ah, come on, Dwight. There weren't angels there. Look at how the story ends. Look at verse 11. Don't tell me there weren't angels there. Look at verse 11. Matthew 4, verse 11. Then the devil left him and angels came. Angels. They were all there. You think I had to come down? They were all there. Shoom, they materialize. This is their commander. This is their king. Angels came and ministered, attended, to him. Isn't that amazing? 
Would you jot it down, please? That's that fourth level of protection. Matthew 4, verses 5, 6, and 11. What kind of protection? Spiritual protection. Spiritual protection. Your guardian angel is the best news you have when you are facing spiritual temptation. You're facing a spiritual threat. You are facing spiritual danger. Ask God for reinforcements. Don't be hesitant to ask for help. Ask Him. Ask Him. By the way, I have to say this. Isn't this something about God? I mean, what kind of a God is this? What kind of a God who who says, I will come and become one with the human race, and then I will submit, I will submit my safety and risk my mission in the hands of created guardians, my children. I will let them deliver me. What does that tell you about God's love for you? That He was willing to risk it all. There was no other choice. He had to. And He did. Wow. What a God. How can you not love a God such as this? Hey, by the way, you didn't think, did you, that when the King of Angels came to earth and became one with the human race, landing behind enemy lines, did you think that He would not be assigned guardian angels? Are you kidding? Right here, the angels are there. Luke 4, when His hometown rises up to kill Him, guardian angels are there. Luke 22, when he is debating and wrestling over the crimson price of whether to go through or not to Calvary and save the human race at any cost to himself, Luke 22 tells us, angel shows up and says, you've got to keep going. They're all through the Gospels. They were there. Wow. In fact, and this is fascinating. A careful reading of the Gospels would indicate that the King of Angels was assigned two guardian angels when He came to earth. Both Luke and John, in the, in the, in the record of the resurrection story, both of them mention two angels at the two. Luke, who describes the ascension moment on the top of the Mount of Ascension, Jesus ascending to heaven, two angels are right there. Desire ages, that classic on the life of Jesus, draws the veil aside and actually enables us to identify the two angels. It follows logically from Scripture. Watch this. I put the two sentences up from Desire of Ages. Speaking of the resurrection, Luke 24, verse 4, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning. These two angels had been with Christ as guardian angels throughout His life. Now, here's another, here's another sentence. Speaking of Acts 1, verse 10, when he's ascending, two men, it says there are two men dressed in white. These two angels were of the company that had been waiting in a shining cloud to escort Jesus to his heavenly home. Now, I want you to catch this line. The most exalted of the angel throng, the very top of all angels, these two, they would naturally... The most exalted of the angel throng, they were the two who had come to the tomb at Christ's resurrection and they had been with Him throughout His life on earth. Can you get there from here? Of course you can. Watch this. You remember that little golden box in the Indiana Jones? You remember the, the, the ark? The golden ark. Do you remember what was carved over that ark? Two golden angels. Isn't that right? What was the ark a symbol of? It was a symbol of the throne of the universe. That's what it was to be. Ezekiel 28 tells us, who one of those angels was. It's Lucifer. One of the covering cherubim. When Lucifer falls, the Bible indicates that Gabriel was the one who succeeded Lucifer in that position. Number one angel. Prince of angels. 
Gabriel steps from number two to one. Somebody steps into number two. We have no idea. No name is given. But wouldn't it make sense that when the king of angels says, I am coming to earth, that the two covering guardians that he has had around his throne would immediately step forward and say, we, we go with you. Master, we will be with you every day. You will not see us. Because humans can't see their angels either. But we will be there. Ah. Does it make you angry that Jesus got two and you only get one? Are you kidding? Are you serious? Like that old gospel hymn goes, he could have called 10,000 angels. I tell you what moves me is the realization that this king of angels became the king of sinners for such a one as I. Save me. You could have given him 10,000 angels and I wouldn't have complained a whit. So how then should we live? This truth about guardian angels, how should we live? In closing, let me run these three by you real fast and then I'm sitting down. Here you go. Right fast. Three ways we must live. Number one, let us live, uh, number one, let us live boldly in their presence. These angels' presence, our guardian angels. Let us live boldly in their presence for we have nothing to fear. That point has been made without debate now. We have nothing to fear. You can be surrounded by a den of roaring lions or you can be stalked by the, roar, the, by the devil who goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. doesn't matter which kind of lion's coming after you. You've got an angel beside you that can shut that lion's mouth. We have nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. I love this from a century ago. Would you jot it down? Here is a soul in danger. You might be that soul. I am that soul. Well, good news. God stands ready to help that soul. And then write this in. All the heavenly angels will be, will be sent to assist you. All the heavenly angels. Hallelujah. All the heaven is standing by. Ask for reinforcements. Just ask. Ask. You afraid of something right now? Something causing you fear? Whatever it is, my friend, you have one who can deliver you. Don't worry. Just ask for help. Okay, number one, let us live boldly in their presence, for we have nothing to fear. Number two, let us live honorably in their presence, for we have nothing to hide. Let us live honorably in their presence. There is nothing that you and I do, and I mean nothing. And there's no sense in blushing now because it's too late. There is nothing we do in this life that is not observed by our assigned companion. Don't blush now. Seen it all. Every email we write, every thought we think, every act we perform, every duty we fulfill, every website we visit, every person we visit, all we do and all we are is always done in the presence of our guardian angel. So let us live with honor. Let us live with purity. Let us live with faithfulness. I love this. A hundred years ago. You are not alone in the warfare against wrong. Jot this down, will you? Could the curtain be rolled back? You would see heavenly angels fighting with you. Plural angels. 
This they must do. It is their work to guard the young. Isn't that something? Andrews University, it is their work to guard the young. 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands of angels minister to the young. And I put in, and the not so young as well. Hallelujah. Yeah. Number one, let us live boldly in their presence. We have nothing to fear. Number two, let us live honorably in their presence. We have nothing to hide. And finally, number three, let us live gratefully in their presence. For they have nothing left to give, having given all to guard us. You think about that. Think about that one for a moment. You do not have, sir, madam, you do not have a more unselfish companion in this life than the angel who has been assigned your case from the beginning of your life. When you were born, and the cry went out, get an angel quick to that screaming baby. When you were born, that angel took up guardianship, never a break, no vacation, not even a little siesta. You think about it. Come on, think about it. This angel has pledged to the Almighty God, I'm staying with that girl till she dies, or you come, Jesus. I'm staying with her. Night and day. You're sleeping like a baby. Your angel standing in the shadows of your dormitory room watching you like a hawk. Do you know why he watches you? Because if he took a siesta, you are also trailed and tracked by a fallen angel, a demon, who is waiting for the moment there will be a, a vulnerable window opening. You wouldn't be here and I wouldn't be here today. We would not be here today. If our companion had ever taken a break. That's the gospel truth. I love this from the book, My Life Today. Uh, take a look at this. Well, it's in your study guide. It's on the screen as well. Not until the providence of, providences of God are seen in the light of eternity shall we understand what we owe to the care and interposition of His angels. Every redeemed one will understand the ministry of angels in his own life. The angel who was her guardian from her earliest moment. The angel who watched his steps and covered his head in the day of peril. The angel who was with her in the valley of the shadow of death. Who marked her resting place. Who was the first to greet her to greet him in the resurrection morning. Oh, what will it be like to hold conversation with that angel and learn the history of divine interposition in the individual's life of heavenly cooperation in work and all the work for humanity. This same author, by the way, get this. This same author says, you will recognize your angel one day. Not by sight. Do you know what you'll recognize? The voice. You'll hear the voice. And you'll say, I know that voice. You. You were the one talking to me. That was you. Then we shall see, we just read, then we shall see the rest of the story. And we're going, to learn, we're going to learn a biography we never knew. An autobiography of ourselves. I had no idea. I didn't know this was going on. You were doing that for this reason? My Lord, thank you. Wow. These words aren't in your study guide, but this... this same quotation concludes, I'll put it on the screen for you. All the perplexities of life's experience will then be made plain. 
Where to us have appeared only confusion and disappointment. Oh, I love this. Broken purposes and thwarted plans will now be seen. There will be seen a grand overruling, victorious purpose, a divine harmony, end quote. And so I'm going to do for you what Fernanda Diaz did for me. I'm giving you this note. I'm going to give it to you right now. I want you to keep this note. I don't want you to ever forget this note as long as you live. Tuck this note away in your heart, will you? I see that your guardian angel is beside you today. Take courage, my friend. The king of angels is clearly on your side. Which means that whatever you are facing right now, You have nothing to fear, for God will take care of you. Amen. Never forget, keep the note with you, will you?